Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're reviewing round 14, the, the second last buy round, talking about trade-out targets. We're hitting the chopping block, we're hitting the trade-in targets and answering your questions. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined once again by my co-host and good friend, Luke Rojo. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. It's a late night recording on a Sunday night tonight. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I'm busy this week, so I can't get in. It's not necessarily ideal in terms of like getting all the most... Um you know, relevant news out to people, but at least we get a video. Well, we're, we're hot off the press. We, it is. We're hot, it off, is the hot off the press. We can get so. this out early to the people so people have all week to sort of think of their yep. trades. And obviously, it's still got Thursday night footy. So, got to be, you know, thinking a little bit quicker than we have gotten used to when Thursday yep. night was not the case. But Thinking quickly is not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still have a few days to uh, digest it all. You know what I was actually thinking about before? I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with you, actually, because oh. I've started just... Moving around the house and just doing sort of mundane tasks, but then going, let's go. <laughs> so, like, Brooke bought chocolate in the shopping this week, and I opened the fridge, saw the chocolate, and went, let's go. Hey, it's catching like, just, on. Just stupid little shit around the house, and I'm, let's going. So, you, hey, you're hey. in my psyche, mate. Hey, hey, I don't know what's going well, on. I wonder if I'm in anyone else's psyche out there. Give us a, <laughs> give us a let's go in the comment section if we uh, if that enters your thought process at any point in the day, know. or if you think that we're just weird, let us know that as well. <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, let's go in to this uh, first segment. And the winner of the Norm Smith medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. Yeah, so not too many embarrassments this weekend because obviously we've got fewer games, but let's smash out through these bogs and flogs. Going back to Thursday, Port Adelaide versus Geelong. Hard to really pick a bog in this game, to be honest, mm. but I've, I've picked out Connor Rosie as the best on ground for the only real fantasy-relevant player that kind of didn't suck on the uh, on the weekend and... Uh, you know, he's highly owned, but underappreciated, I think, for the most part. Connor Rosie is still averaging in the top six forwards, so... Yeah, we yeah, were just getting used to um, getting used to giving it to Butters when Port Adelaide played, weren't we? Yeah, that's right. So, his teammate Rosie stepped up this game, yep. and uh, yeah, obviously Butters did not. But who's the uh, who's the flog for this game? The flog in this game, well, we, we had a, a week here where we had a lot of... Um, 
quality premiums out on their buy and were looking for players to step up. And, and a guy who didn't step up was Tommy Stewart. I think he ended up with <laughs> mid-60s. And uh, again, he's pretty highly owned, which is the sort of safety in that. But we'd like him to be doing a little bit better than that, I think. Yeah, his worst score outside of his injured score in round one, where obviously he put up 14 points and 12% time on ground. But 86% time on ground. No excuses this time, Tommy. Nah. Uh, 66, that's just... That's not good enough. People would have traded him in coming off his round 13 buy as well. So. Yeah, that would have hurt. Zach Butler's popped a 77, but I couldn't give him the flog after what he's done for us in the last yeah, little bit. Yeah, you're on so. notice, Zach, but you've earned yourself uh, you know, Reprieve one week uh, mulligan just because of the performance <laughs> so far. Mulligan. Yeah. Golf it, reference, have, man. Have I used that in the right, the right I, way? I think you have. I'm not, I'm That's a, big, a golf reference, yeah, isn't there it? You go. I'm a big golfer, you know. You saw me at Top Golf the other day. You, you can you, reference my, my golfing skills. You were shithouse. <laughs> extremely, <laughs> extremely shithouse. And I wasn't much better. Yeah, no, you, yeah. Anyway, we'll move past well the done, goal. Well done, mate. Uh, Brisbane versus Sydney. Um, I've bypassed a few of the obvious uh, picks here, but I'm going to go the best on ground. Angus Sheldrick yeah. um, coming out for a lot of us for the first time. Some people brought him in the week before, but kicked two goals, scored a huge 82 points, and he's done this in less than 60% time on ground. That's what's um, most impressive. Yeah, so he has had the same amount of time on ground as Jack Buller did, who got subbed out for the Swans and scored 19 points. But he's done it, and he's gone out and kicked two goals, racked up the disposals and scored us 82 you can look at that two different ways. You can get nervous about yeah. his time on ground, or you can go, here's a gun, keep him in the side, and uh, hopefully he's there next week. But Sheldrick did all he could with oh, the time he was given. That's so. it. He's If if he doesn't get selected, um, I'll really there's, feel for the poor fella. Yeah, there's something else going on there, I reckon. But yeah, 19 touches, two goals, four tackles, two marks. Just a uh, great performance from the young man. Fair to say the uh, the ice cream melted there in that one as well, based on those yeah, stats you pulled up yeah, for Mr. Buller. Not the best, yeah. Not two ideal. disposals he had. A few people Ooh. traded him in too, I reckon. Yeah, hopefully he spent the 9K and got, <laughs> got uh, <laughs> our boy. Flog from this game for Brisbane Sydney. I'll, I'll explain myself here, but I've given Josh Dunkley the flog. Now, yeah, I see where you're going with this one. You, you think you can pick where I'm going? So yeah. he's, he's gone to 113, which is definitely not floggish behaviour. But the That's reason the reason I think some people will be a little bit dirty on Mr. Dunkley is that he's given you the, the score that you probably have to take as a VC. Yeah. And then a lot of people were either choosing to roll into Timmy T or Bont, who's just played an hour ago, and yep. they've both gone 150. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> look, so, I tweeted out, I think, on the night of, that I said, like, if I had the choice, I would take 130. And I, I, stand, st- I stand by it. Me yeah. too. I said the same thing. Yeah. So. Um, obviously, with hindsight now, um, yeah. the, the choice was to go for those big boys who were one and two on the big boys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And look, the funny thing was, I think in the last... 10 seconds of the game. He had a, a tackle, holding the ball, free four, and then a kick. So Just to get him in that bracket. eight in there. So I yeah. think he's at 105, and then that, you know, you probably might not have taken that. Yeah. And then 113, people start taking it. So if that was just a little bit too late. And people ask you on Twitter, and, and I said to at least a couple of people, like, no, I would take that. And like you said, I stand by it. And like, let's flesh it out a little bit more. So you, you get a 113, and you've got the opportunity yep. to take it or leave it. Well, let's... Let's say you leave it and your captain score, you know, the, the person who you've got as captain scores a 120 or a 130, which would yeah. be a great captain score. Absolutely. You, what do you stand to gain? You stand to gain, you know, 17, 30 you know, points 10 maybe on, yeah. like when, when it's doubled. Yeah. But what you stand to lose if oh, you don't, Well, you don't double it because remember, you still have you the player. You still have the double. So, so yeah, it's like only you, like 15 you, points. You stand so. to make a reasonably small gain in most yeah. instances, but you stand to lose a lot. So the situation that happened on the weekend where yeah. you get a guy who goes 150, obviously that sucks because you've lost quite a few you've points. You've lost 30 plus points, yeah. The, the likelihood of that happened, you, you still... Um, 
you're going with the odds by taking yeah. that 113, aren't you? Yeah. So. yeah, you're risking 113 to gain potentially 20 to 30 points. Mm. Um, even though it's, you know, it's unlikely that someone's going to get injured on a three points like Callum yeah. Mills, but it is possible. And if that ever was to happen, you'd be absolutely killing yourself. But yeah. again, it doesn't, you know, I'm sure it doesn't probably help the people that, that made that decision. But I do think in the long run, it is the right decision. And if it was me in that situation, I would have done that and I would probably do it again. Yeah, but let's move on to yeah. the next game. Uh, GWS versus Fremantle are flogging. I think a 70-point win for the Giants. Best on ground here, I've got Josh Kelly, who in his return has come out and top scored for the, the game. Kicked three goals, 120 points. Interestingly, though, not many CBAs mm. like we were seeing earlier on in the, in the year. Was he back out um, on the wing? Yeah, again, we weren't watching this game, but yeah, I think he must have been out on the wing, judging by his heat map, um, which <laughs> very is wing-ish. very much on the wing there. <laughs> Still had the four CBAs, but fewer than Callum Ward, fewer than Finn Callahan, um, and obviously Briggs. Uh, sorry, uh, Tom Green and and Cogs were in there the most. So um, a good score, yeah. But maybe something for us to monitor and not jump back on after his buy. Now, <laughs> flog. Like you said, we weren't watching this game, but we were watching the scores and. We, we checked half time. We, oh, mate, we were having a little circle jerk at half time. Yeah. We oh. Hay- it was the Hayden Young show. Six- 68, wasn't it? Yep, 68 so at ha- half time. Leading all scorers, I believe. 68 points at half time. And what did he finish on, Mitch? Uh, 79. 79 <laughs> yeah. points. Come on, Hayden he's, Young. Like, he's had, what, an 11-point second half yeah. after Just a 68-point first half. Terrible. He's had, after the in the second half, three touches after <laughs> going for 17 in the first and he, half. And he went in for four CBAs in the yeah, last quarter Yeah, he had center bounces well. in the last quarter. Like, so he was around it. Moving him around. I don't know what he's doing, but... That kills me. And then to... Oh, we'll talk about this in a little bit more later, but in um, the Content Creators Cup, I, I've at this stage, have yeah. had a draw yeah, in the right. Content Creators Cup. We'll talk more about that in a bit. So, but, Hayden uh, Young had just done anything but the very just, bare mate, minimum. 12 points yeah. in, in the <laughs> second half, like, maybe. Come on, man. Hayden Young, just when we were coming around and people, other people have jumped on him too. Oh, don't. Oh, yeah. Don't. Hopefully, that's a lesson learned for all you people so, out there. But vloggish behaviour. Hayden Young. All right, Richmond versus St. Kilda. Now, here's where I'll get a little bit of a head wobble out. Oh, get yeah. The, get back on my high horse, <laughs> but... Again, we've given to this guy week in, week out. Yeah. Timmy Taranto still deserves our respect. 147 <laughs> had that massive second half. I think he went 95 points in the second half to get it to that 147 score. Without a mark. Um, without a single mark in the game. That's, that's nuts. Yeah, that's actually an incredible stat line. 10 tackles, kicked the goal, 38 touches, just, um, and, uh, just the best. Soccer player in the AFL at the moment because <laughs> he this has man to. loves to kick it off the grass. I reckon we should we should hit up um, Papowski on Twitter and yeah, who's see got if, the most uh, soccer's? Yeah, yeah, so I, it'd have to be him. Yeah, he, be. he he loves to, to kick it off and get that extra point instead of picking it up. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, now, equally, you know, as much as we were loving watching Timmy T in that game, if you were a steel owner, Ooh, you, what are you doing painful. at this point? You you throwing well, we're your hands up and going. We're going to talk about him when we go to the chopping block later, but but just in terms of your mindset, you're thinking like I own this guy who who not long ago has shown us that he's an absolute fantasy yeah. beast, and now it's just this roller coaster of is he injured? Is he not injured? Yeah. And so, like you said, we'll talk about him more later. But yeah, if you're a steel owner, I feel for you. I okay. think before we move on, but I think this is a lesson. Now it sucks for those that might have jumped on him before the buy and before he like had that knock. I think it was the Adelaide game where he sat off the fourth fourth quarter and had ice on his knee or something yeah. like that. But because some people would have jumped on sooner than that, but if you were jumping on after his buy round, where there was 
clearly some question marks about his health. I think we can like use this as a lesson to say, okay, it is always still worthwhile, as good as the player is, to have a week to look. Yeah, especially um, especially when it's an ongoing. Um, and a bit, there's a bit of uncertainty as to what the injury actually is. And through that period, his break even has remained pretty high as well. Yeah. So it's not like there's been a pressing um, financial reason to jump on him yeah. either. I realise that that a guy we're going to talk about later, I might oh. you know, go against that rule. But, oh, okay. <laughs> but okay. yeah, I think I'll keep you accountable. Yeah, mate. we'll see. We'll see how it, ter- how it turns out. But uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, so it's the Sunday games, Carlton versus Gold Coast. Best on ground, Sam Doherty. I'm giving it to here, who just did enough to keep himself expensive. Um, he had a high break even. He nearly reached it with his 124. And uh, yeah, just looks the goods still at the moment and is still pretty much in my eyes a lock for that top three defender position for him on the back half of the season. So definitely a target for us post-buy. Now, Flog, we were watching this one and Flog behavior from this one goes to Stewie Drew because when you have a gun-young player and a gun-young contested player like Fergie, you've got to get him in the middle, don't you? Fergie? My humps. Oh, okay. Right, I see where you are. Humps. Uh, so I see. The humper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The he, humper. He needs to, yeah, well, he needs so to be in there. Zero the CBAs, I believe. And he showed in the way that he played from the that. forward line why he should be in the CBAs. Yeah, he was a tackling beast. He just gets in and amongst it. They got absolutely pumped at the at the centre bounces. Two, so two CBAs for the game, yeah. So, so effectively zero. Yeah, Stewie Drew, get... Um, you got players like Will Powell, um, Davies going in there. Um, yeah, what are, what are we doing with those blokes running through the middle when you've got... You get know, Fergie in there. He's he's the future of that club too. Fergie's like, a stretch, hey? I'm really stretching I, it. I like it. Let's, let's go. Just, let's, let's run with let's it. Let's get Fergie, Fergie in there. Although humps. I think we had Fergus Green, but no. he's, he's long yeah. gone now. Irrelevant. But irrelevant. <laughs> he's long gone. So yeah, steal get, your nickname if you're yeah, not, get not relevant. Get him in there because, um, yeah, he's obviously a good contested player and when you can tackle like that, even when you're playing forward... Yeah, you deserve to be in the CBAs. Now, um, next game, your head's about to wobble off your neck, I reckon. The Bont, highest scorer for the round. Um, unfortunately, he was only number two for the Ball Boys, Big Boys. So what did, what did your top two Big Boys average this week? Uh, over 150. 153-ish. So, yeah, 153-ish. <laughs> Look, it's 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 a bit of luck. Look, yeah. I, won't, I won't take all the credit. It, and I wasn't the only one who said that. I'm pretty sure that consensus out there for all yeah. the captain's pickers was the Bont and Timmy Taranto were, yeah. the, were the top two. And look, Timmy Taranto, I can't claim that I was like, I found this gem out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> he's a real roughy, mate. You know yeah. how to pick a roughy. Oh, mate, yeah. Where'd you pluck that one out of, Mitch? The number one ranked player. Uh, but yeah, obviously the Bont went big. We were a little bit worried about the tag. Greenwood, again, kind of stood next to him at stoppages a little bit. But Shield? Yeah, Shield? Uh, Shield went with McRae for most of the game. So, yeah. um, so Bont just sort of did what he's, he wanted. And just a huge second half, huge yep. last quarter. I think he went 60-plus in that final quarter as well. So uh, the Bonts did his thing. And he's been a great pick for us since the start of the season. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, uh, floggish behavior from this game came from Jack Zebel, And it wasn't anything to do with his first half. His first half was actually pretty good. Yeah. It was uh, it was more to do with that second half, and we found some interesting stats as well. The, in the uh, in the third and fourth quarters, he really only played fifty percent game time. So, yeah, so that very was, very strange. Yeah, for people Zeeble. who who held him, uh, I think they'll be a little bit PO'd because they're going to have to either move him on or or um, hold him through his bye next week, and he hasn't really given you a good score. So, yeah, not so he happy. Um, yeah in the last quarter had forty percent time on ground. Um, no points in that third quarter, sorry. Yeah. And in the fourth quarter, another 60% time on ground 
and um, only had about 11 points there, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just really disappeared after half time, which was really weird. I'm not sure if they were maybe nursing him to just to get to the bye because he's an older player, but mm. uh, might make the decision of trading him out if you have him already. A little bit easier come the round 15 bye. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to uh, discuss the Content Creators Cup brought to you by Infinite Wealth on the uh, screen there on YouTube. There's a link that you guys can go to to get a free copy of um, uh, Tim Guess's or Infinite Wealth's uh, Fast Track to Financial Freedom, which is an awesome program which I'm currently in the midst of doing right now um, that normally costs a bunch of money that he has kindly given to us fantasy coaches for free. So head over to the mm. link on the screen there. Um, infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL fantasy to check that one out. But like you said before, a couple of really close matchups for both of us. Um, you had the great man, Tim Guest, as a <laughs> as an opponent this week. I did, and we, How'd you go? we were in a little uh, Twitter group chat with Guesty and Bales, and there was a yep. bit going back and forth, and Bales was crunching the numbers, and I think all that Wardlaw had to do in that last game was get to 37. Yeah. It was all Out, he had to do. Outscore uh, Matty Johnson. He had I to get yeah the, had the, to get to thirty seven for for Guesty would have then got up by three I think it was yep um and uh, he couldn't do that and so yep. we've actually tied I think I'm I'm just checking now because lockout has lifted yeah so, it has lifted um it looks but, like you might have yeah. tied oh, yeah we've got the draw there so um, which if I'm not mistaken puts me. As the undisputed <laughs> leader of the Content Creators Cup, as I had another big win, one that I didn't think I was going to get, actually. I, I messaged the group before. I said, look, I need Tim English to go 46 points in the yeah. last quarter. You know, possible, but didn't think it was likely. And then the big man comes out 55 points in the final term and gets me a 10-point uh, victory over... Um, um, who was I playing again? I've lost my... It was I playing? Dunkley's Donuts, Jake, Dunkley's, wasn't it? Uh, yes, yes. Dunkley's Donuts from the Hat Chat Boys over there. So, uh, yeah, nearly had me, but still managed to break through. So that's five on the trot for Mitch and in uh, the Content Creators Cup. I'm fucking fourth last in the the head-to-head, but like... You've had some, yeah, you've had some rough matchups. overall yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the percentage is, is doing you in, so... Yeah. Hopefully a bit better luck in the uh, second half of the season. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But yeah, head over to infinitewealth.com.au forward slash AFL fantasy. And we've got some news from the weekend. Yeah, let me wait. I've just forgotten which button I'm pushing. Uh, sorry. All right, some news for the weekend. We'll start with the first game. Um, Jack Buller, obviously we mentioned before, was the tactical sub. So what does this mean for next week? Do you think he's... I think he could potentially just be straight back out of the side. Yeah, it's it's um, likely that he is. I think Buddy Franklin, Isaac Heaney. That's it. And we said back. it. We said it on the live show. I think Friday, being a key position player coming into an AFL side is not an easy thing to do. So the hope um, is, is he's still there because they've got West Coast next week. Yeah, so, so if he is, you know, he could have a little bit of a party, but maybe maybe because they have West Coast, they hold out some of those older injured players out another week. That yeah, might be your wide hope. Um, I mean, it could be, but if I was a betting man, I wouldn't be. Yeah, uh, wouldn't be wouldn't cross, putting the house on yeah. it. Um, Matthew Johnson also was subbed in this game. Um, uh, I came out later. I think he had a corked quad, so one for us to watch because he wasn't originally in my trade plans this week. But if he is yeah. someone who's dropped, he potentially is someone that we might be better off trading out. But 
it obviously has um, slowed his cash generation a lot. I'm just checking. He's got a 36 break even. So still low, and if he if he plays a full game, he can easily get there. Yeah. So uh, I think he's, if he's named, you, you run him out there because we need the numbers in round 15. But definitely. just definitely a watch in case you are, you know, Right in that line of 18, 19 players yeah. come this round, that if you're expecting him to be a green dot, potential that he's not there because of that corked quad and the fact that he obviously got subbed out, it is just something to monitor being a younger player. Corkies can be an interesting one as well. They can, um, yeah. they can seize up through the week. So they definitely... play on Saturday. So he's got, the, what, the seven day break. So hopefully that is enough for him to. And we should get up. some good news. We should get some um, yeah. like team news on him yeah. being an earlier game. For so. sure, for sure. Nice. All right, the next one here. Lockie Whitfield, which I just saw before we started recording, has been offered a one-match suspension uh, for his dangerous tackle. I can't remember who it was on. I also, I mean, again, we didn't watch this game, so I haven't seen much on Twitter about it. So perhaps it's one of those ones that's potentially challenge-worthy. Oh, I think he'll get, I think he'll get a week. Okay. They may challenge it, but I don't think it's going to... I've seen it a couple of times, and I just don't think it looks really The good. other thing that might complicate things that we saw with the Sicily news, and again, yep. we're recording on Sunday, so we haven't got the news of his suspension, which is tomorrow night, Yes, that because GWS have their bye this week, could they elect to have the tribunal after the weekend of their bye, which obviously the Hawthorne did this week when they had their bye? Yeah, but I think regardless, you probably, because he was on his buy anyway, you probably look to move him on and do something with him, wouldn't you? Yeah, and he's probably not a lock as like a Sicily was yeah. in that defensive line. It might so be I, an I, excuse to trade him. So I think that's less less. I feel like if he, if he wasn't suspended, though, you weren't planning on trading Whitfield. No, you weren't, but now that... There's a question mark he, yeah. over him. It'd be interesting to see if that comes out and we'll know for certain, like say they challenge it, if it's, you know, before... Thursday night even because some people might be making moves on that first night with, you know, like a Melbourne playing yeah. um, and some relevant players in there. Very, very interesting and interesting to see how the timing works out with that suspension for those who do have... Because some people do have him. Uh, he was a, a, a trade option a few weeks back. And uh, let's just go into this guy here. Yeah. Jack Steele. Um, there's been some comments from the coach, I think it was, saying that, no, oh, he doesn't have a knee injury. Why he's was battling. his knee strapped then? He, yeah, his knee's been strapped the last two weeks. Um <laughs> Precautionary. He's, he's battling an, some Achilles soreness, I think I saw as well. Um, yeah, just weird scenes going on down there at St Kilda. He's fallen apart, it would seem. The scoring obviously suggests that he's not 100% healthy. Um, it is... Oh, so what's, I'm getting ahead of myself. What's the go? <laughs> again, again, we were driving home from the, the Sunshine Coast and we were watching it on the phone and, yep. and really just tracking Tim Taranto's scoring. Um, so I wasn't watching Jack Steele super closely when I was watching this game. But but the problem is, like Jack Steele's not a guy that you want to have to watch super closely. You just no, want him on the screen all the time. Right. And yeah. two years ago, he was, as far, you know, as far as I know, he was on the screen all the time. He was getting getting points. So I did, that, see, I did see a tweet from uh, the great man Selby saying that he thought that he moved a lot better but was just... Had a had a shocking game, which I don't know if that worries me more. But um, oh, I don't know what I would do if well, I was a steel owner. Well, that's it. Let's put it this way: is you're not you're not trading into him. Yeah, it's just a question of like, yeah, are you could you possibly trade? Well, which is definitely a legitimate question. I can obviously see you've got, you've got a guy here who's averaged seventy points in the last, or like seventy five points in the last what know, his couple price of rounds. And he's clearly round. not healthy. He's under eight hundred k now. He's dropped wow. another thirty three k. That's insane. Um. Yeah, it's just it's a really really tough question to answer. Um, 
I wouldn't blame anyone if they wanted to trade him out if they were able to still do an upgrade and they still were able to get 18 on the field, 19 on the field, um, and what? Steel doesn't jeopardize that. Like instead of you yeah. trading um, like Steel and you were trading an around 15 guy, if that made you have 19, if you already have 19, I think it's okay to trade him in my opinion. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I just don't think there's, there's something not right there and there's every chance that he's subbed or... You know, it might even be answered for us come come Thursday night, and he's he's managed for a week or something like that. It could be, but you're ahead of the game because we're not talking uh, chopping block yet. We're about to, hey. So <laughs> okay. let's get, get your sound effect queued up, mate, and then let's we can talk more about him. Do it. We elected Oi. not to put the headband yeah, on tonight. No, just we go straight chop. Straight for the chop. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of obvious ones first. So a few round 15 rookies. And there's actually not many round 15 rookies that I can think going through a lot of our teams. So the likes of Alex Chincotta, Dylan Williams, George Wardlaw. If you've held on to um, some other guys, uh, who's the other? Uh, Bergman, I think, yeah. is the other guy from North Melbourne. Any of those other guys, if they give you enough cash to move them out, this is the time to go. Some people were asking about George Wardlaw. I was always kind of of the opinion that even if he wasn't done making cash, this was the sort of round to move him because he's kind of that guy that will have a little bit of money on his head and, you know, is as good as he was up until this last game. Yeah. He is still a rookie at the end of the day and it is good to trade him out. His break-even is now at 51, so it makes it feel like an easier decision to trade him out. So yeah, you're trading him out this week. It, it's, out. it sucks that he didn't generate some more cash for you yeah. um, this week, but yeah. He's, but he's, he's, he's like one of the only rookies that are on the round 15 buy for my team. And I think potentially for a few other teams out there, if you're already cut bait with the bread, um, yeah. that you can trade out and get an upgrade to a, someone who's already come off their buy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I think he is... Good to go. Um, round 15 mid-prices again. Can't think of too many, but if you've got any mid-prices in your team, I think if they're on the round 15 buy, get them up to a premium. So the likes of Finn Callahan, Lockie Ash are two guys that come to mind as well. I also think any other topped-out rookies, again, be aware of your team and how many players are playing this round. Um, but again, you're trying to get to 19, preferably 20 players in my opinion. We saw this round, obviously we had a couple of rookies that we were hoping we were going to score 60s and 70s in Johnson and Wardlaw go sub 40. And if you had 20, those two scores dropped off. Um, or if you had the Buller as well, like if you got Buller, Wardlaw and Johnson, if you had 21, they all don't count for you and that's a, a blessing. Yeah. But if you had 19, you had to wear two of those scores. So... Um, if you can get to, to 19 or 20, your top out rookies, even if they are playing, I think they can go. Um, players like potentially a Matty Johnson, potentially like a Darcy Wilmont, um, you know, dare I even say the Humper can go as well if that's your ticket. Just to based upgrade. on numbers, hey? Yeah, just yeah. get the upgrade going. Let's talk about a few more questionable uh, yeah. decisions. So, Harry Sheasel. Now, a few people traded him out a couple of weeks ago. Yep, myself included. Uh, you were one of them. I held him for the last couple of weeks. Do you think that he is someone that we can look to trade despite him scoring a couple of 90s in back-to-back games now? Yeah, I think he is. Look, his break-even's now down at 97, but you, your intention was probably always to trade him at this round. Like when... let's Agreed. let's you Put it this way. He's still a rookie. Yeah. Okay, he's, it's, it's, it is hard to remember that. Like yeah. When... when Players like Wardlaw, who we were saying were good rookies, come out and score thirties. He's yeah. not done that once this season. And it's it's a little bit you kind of start to fall in love with these kind of guys you as do. well a little bit. And you think, oh, how could I trade out Sheasley? He's been so yeah. good for me. But put it this way, 
rather than you know trading your average rookie to an underpriced premium, you can trade Sheasel and get an absolute big dog in, yeah. like yeah. someone like a, a Clayton Oliver. Um, this week, and we talk more about him in a little bit. But I think for me, Sheasel is a, a guy that you might be looking to move on this week, depending on what you are looking to get in. Let's put it this way, though. I think there is a slight difference with Sheasel. He is averaging 98 for the season. Yep. Um, if I compare him to some other players that are in the defensive line, which is where he obviously is, who we are considering top six players. Yep. Jack Sinclair has averaged 97 so far this season. Tom Stewart has averaged 90. Now, he did have that injury game in round one, but still. Um, what's what's Zeebel, 97. What's Sheasel averaged in his last six? Because uh, I don't think it would be 98. I can't give you the last six, but last five, he's averaging 90. Still pretty good. But if so, you can get in a guy that's going to average 120. I mean, yeah. And the fact that if you're trading him into someone, say, like a Sinclair or... You know, if it's in the forward line, someone like a Darcy Cameron or a Ben Keys, yeah. you are also getting that extra game. Yeah. Um, so I think that is the other thing around it, that if you're going to trade someone off their round 15 by, I think that he is one of the better ones to do so because, yeah. you know, we've seen that he's had a couple of good games, but we do know that he is susceptible to you know, them experimenting and changing his role a little bit. And as a first-year player, if he's not in this beautiful role that he has right now, he can fall off a cliff a little bit. So I agree with you. I just yeah. will put Play out the, yeah, the, other, the other mindset That's that good. people might be in. Um, who's the next guy on our Talk list? Talk to us about here? Jack Zebel then after what we saw. He's probably even higher priority to trade. I think he probably is. He's 802,000. His break even's back up to 130. So his price is going to keep going down. Um, look, after this week, it makes it easier to make that decision. I think he was more traded out by coaches a couple of weeks ago because of that high price and high break even. But. Yep. It's just the fact that he's 32 years old on a struggling side, not going anywhere. And again, I'm not sure if it was the intentional kind of resting in this last game, but 64% time on ground is a concern for a 32-year-old in a you know bottom three side. So, If if you're looking to trade... Let's just talk about Sheasel and Zeebel yeah. together. If you are looking to trade out one of those two guys, are you looking to get... You're obviously looking to get one upgrade, but are you looking to try and get a second, like, little upgrade with that? Do you feel good if your only upgrade is, like, Sheasel to a premium yeah, this see, week? It, that's a good question. Um, no. Do you know what I, I mean? I don't like, think yeah, so. Yeah, because um, then you're thinking... Yeah. It depends on your team structure, right? I think if you're going to walk away in round 16 and you're still going to have a rookie or a, a mid-price on your team, then potentially holding that Sheasel or Zeebel yeah. is a better play for your squad if trading them stops you from getting out some of those worse rookies or mid-prices out of your side. So the scenario where you trade Sheasel or Zeebel might be a scenario where you just can't generate enough cash to get a rookie to a premium? Either that or you can do that as like a little sideways move. So a move that I'm considering and some other people might consider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Going a shield down to a Darcy Cameron or a Ben Keys, who are mm. still in the 600,000s, but you're probably going to argue that they're going to 
score average very similar yes. at, at the worst, yeah. maybe even better. So and you're a, using that as part of a cash grab, plus you get an extra round, plus then it can help you make the other upgrade. Yeah, I like that move. Yeah. And it's a, it's a little bit similar to what you kind of did with Gould in a few weeks a back, little isn't bit, it? Yeah. You, you're generating some cash by downgrading a guy that you think might be overs. And yeah, then, yeah. So you're a guy that might be overs to a guy that's unders. Yeah. And you get the extra week of the buys in this case as well. So. Buy low, sell high, eh? Buy low, sell high. So I think that that's the play. But like I said, I think if if you're not going to complete your side, and by complete I mean get to a player that's probably going to average 90, 95 plus in every line, yeah. then I think that if that stops you from doing that, he's probably better to hold in that instance. Yep. Because he's probably going to average 90 plus from here on out. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, who is the next guy? We've got a few guys to go through. Well, uh, well we talked about Jack Steele a little bit before, but yeah. I think that you could trade if if it still allows you to get 20 playing. But I like the point that you made before. Like, if, if I think about the difference between a completed side by the end of the buys and maybe trading Jack Steele, <sighs> I'd, I'd prefer to see Jack Steele's name there because I know that he could potentially give me a 110, 120 this is the hardest question of the week, I think, because so, so I, I just don't know how right he is. How much does his value stand to, to dive more? Like, what's his break-even now? Uh, that's a good question. Because... Let's do a quick search. Could he fit into this same category as, like, Sheasel now? Where So, could he fit into that category with Sheasel, where you take him down to a keys, and then you still get an upgrade on the other end with your last two trades? Maybe. And, I mean, I don't... So, I was going to say... Does Keys average the same as Steel for the rest of the year? That's a crazy thing to be even considering. But but right at the moment, it's not even out yeah. of the realms of possibility. Well, huh? At the moment, like Keys outscores him. Um, it's just it's just how how hurt is he, and yeah. how long is it going to take for that to come good? Like we saw Brayshaw earlier in the year be a guy that was obviously hampered a little bit by yeah. an injury, and he came good. Like obviously he he got over it eventually, and he never missed a week. So is Steele going to do the same kind of thing where he just kind of fights through it and eventually just heals itself and he comes good? It, it looks worse to me than like a Brayshaw thing. There was talk of like a PCL injury, I think, at one point, which I'm pretty sure got reported. So that's why the he doesn't have a knee injury quote from the coach really confuses me. Um Man, so, yeah, and the scores are obviously reflecting it. He's obviously not moving as well as we've seen him move in the past. He's not scoring as well as we've seen him in the past. He's only gone 100 twice in his last eight games. Yeah, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And I wouldn't blame anyone for trading him out. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be very team-dependent on what else you could do instead. Yeah. Um, so I think there's arguments for both sides. So would you tick off steel, steel to keys this week? If you get an upgrade as well, like if that, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's going to make you money. So if you can get a rookie up to another premium on the other end, I think I would. And the other asterisk there is if you can still get at least nineteen quality players or twenty players in total, yeah. Then then I tick it off. If you if you're cutting it short, eighteen, nineteen, I'd probably hold. Yeah, uh, would okay. be the only caveat there as well. Okay. A um, couple other players who have been disappointing who also Walsh-y. have their buy. Sam Walsh. He is. Um, he went well today, didn't he? Uh, no, I think he oh, had. Really? Uh, he had a lot of touches, but oh, he did 82. not score very well. So he's from twenty nine touches, plummeting down in price. Eight hundred twenty eight thousand break even of one thirty three, and has not turned up in his last three games. Only once in his last five. And um, when he came back, he was looking like a must have guy. <laughs> he was. Yeah, it, that's it's nuts. Been, it's been a weird kind of fall from grace uh, I, after I, his hot start. I don't think you're trading, but. No, I don't think so either. I think he's going to be the kind of guy that, after the buy rounds, us non-owners are going to be 
looking at him yeah. potentially as a cheap option that could, you know, push that top eight. So um, again, potentially if it's your way to get the the numbers on the park, but I'd probably rather trade like a Sheasel first. Yeah, um, I don't think then a Walsh definitely a Zebel over him. Um, and just hope that things come good because we know he can, um, you know, put big scores on your head. He and can. he did have the CBAs back up again this week when they were down a few weeks before. Talk to us about Basilenka. Bailey Smith, similar kind of story, just been disappointing. Um, doesn't seem to be in and around that top six mark. Had 78 against the Kangaroos where you would have thought he would go big. I yeah. don't believe he was getting tagged. In fact, I think a few other guys were getting attention and he was free to roam. So what's he priced at? 775000 Like, are you, are you trading him before you're trading a Sheasel? Trading him for your trade Sheasel, yes. Yeah, I think you are too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you are. Because they're similarly priced now. And yeah, he's got a little I, bit more money on his head, but he's actually averaging less. Yeah, um, I have more confidence that Sheasel can turn up any given week. And his week. role is worse. Can you think back to the preseason? We were the biggest Bailey Smith, like, we were fans, hey. Fans, probably. Yeah. Probably Jeez. fans. Glad we got off that ship. Um, but yeah, that's been very disappointing from him this yeah. year. We'll we'll be spruiking him next season, don't worry. Oh, yeah. Old habits die hard. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the players that we're going to be trading in now. We've got a whole new batch to talk about. With the round 14 buys coming off now, um, so we'll start in defense, talk about a, a fresh new players to trade in that have had their buy. Jordan Dawson and Nick Dacos highlight these two. Yep. Um, who would you say, say you didn't have either? Dawson. Would you go Dawson over Nick yeah. Dacos? I think he's a lot more expensive at the moment, isn't he? Dawson is. Yeah, Dacos yeah, has is. dropped under 900, I think. 60K more, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. But so I think Dacos, going. well, I think the other thing is Dacos was, is probably going to get tagged by Keys when they versus Adelaide this next round. So I think in terms of that instant reward, you go Dawson. Do you think Keys will tag him across half forward? I think so. You thinking about trading keys in? Yeah, I am. Well, last time he he tagged him, mm. and then they moved Dacos into the midfield. Um, I think I'm Daw- break I, the tag. I'm Dawson, regardless of that. I think Daw- Dawson averages more as well. Yeah. Um, I think he's just more matchup proof. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, if you don't have Dawson, I'd, I'd be looking at getting Dawson. I think. I think they're both obviously big trade targets, and yeah. I've also just kept Jack Sinclair in there because I think. Of those guys that are coming off their buys, they're, to me, the clear ones in the top six. Um, you could talk about Stewart being in that group as well, but if you don't have Stewart, I think you'd rather go Sinclair and let um, Stewart's price just drop yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and Stewart has another decent matchup in the Brisbane Lions. Um, and a pretty high break even now, I'd imagine. Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I'd go Sinclair over a Stewart. Again, I'm trying not to recommend some of these... Mid-price kind of options like an Isaiah Wangani Miller and uh, we just you know it. there's a few other guys actually the Melbourne guy who am I thinking of that we were talking about Salem, Salem. yeah what are your thoughts on him as an option uh, well for the same reason that you're about to say it, it's no it's go to the top from here and we yeah. talked about this on Friday and and I know this is only my second year playing but it's everything that I've heard in other podcasts it's everything I've listened to you say it's like this time of the year you're looking to lock away a guy that you can just sit comfortably on your field knowing he's top six, top eight in his line. Yeah. And neither of those guys give me that confidence. Elliot Yo. No. No, same deal. I think um, I agree with you. I think there is scenarios where like if you're really strapped for cash and you're in desperate situations and you've got, 
you know, injuries or whatever. Like, there is an argument that those guys could come into calculation well, if it's like maybe you get a double upgrade if you get if you're just trying to get these rookies off the field. Yeah. you can get to two of these guys. Yeah, that could potentially be a play. Well, can I give you another scenario? Because yep. I'm having a look at my team, thinking I think I'll get an upgrade that I like this week. Yep. But then next week, based on the the rookies that I might have to trade out, I don't know if I'll generate enough cash to go all the way up. So is that a scenario where I could find a halfway house in someone? And I think like that's this? more the play as well because. It's easier now this coming week to make the big upgrade because you've got three trades. Yeah. Whereas the following week we're going to go back down to two trades, so those jumps are going to be suck. harder to <laughs> harder to make again. So if you can get to the bigger dog now, I would tick that off because yeah. it's going to become more difficult to do that later on when we're back to two trades. So yeah. I think the buy rounds are a good time to go up because of that fact. Now, if someone's value and they're you know one of the top lines, you still go that way. Yeah. But I think when you can get the big dog in, especially if they're you know got a good run and those other boxes are ticked. Now, speaking of big dogs, who are you looking at in the midfield this week in terms of upgrades? So we got we got a plethora of options plethora. now. Yeah, heaps good of options. Use of the word, mate. Yeah. So um, some of these guys might obviously be highly owned already, but again, you might be missing one or a few of these guys from your team. So. My number one target, I think, for most teams is Rory Laird. He yeah. is probably going to be at the top, near the top of the tree in terms of averaging Cuddle players ever. from now on. And I think he is still actually a little bit of value. So he's 948000 And when you compare him to some of the other top mids, that is actually a, a decent price to pay. So price at 112 I think he could easily outperform that. So he's my number one. Um we were watching Brad Crouch in the car ride home and he got off to a flyer but did slow down. What did his game look like or his scoring look like to you? And do you think... You <laughs> I was watch- fucking driving yeah. the car, mate. What did his scoring look like? I didn't see it. Yeah, so is he someone that you... Because you were talking about maybe he's a guy that you go to. Well, when I saw that he'd gone 60 points before half time, I was yeah, thinking... Yeah, he did well, go big. Um, so what do you, he went 46 in the first quarter, then 14, 30... And 19. So scoring went a bit up and down as the game went on. But, yeah. Um, if I can't find my way to to maybe look at Oliver this week, then I think a guy like Crouch or maybe a guy like Anderson might be guys that I have a little bit of a look at. But I haven't, um, I know lockout's lifted, but I haven't had a bit of a chance to play around with those upgrades yeah. and downgrades yet. I was locking Neil last week. Sorry, I was locking Neil the week before. The week before. I was Brad Crouch yeah. last week. And now I'm back on to locking Neil being. The preferred option because the run that Brisbane Lions have now, they go Richmond, uh, so St Kilda, Richmond, West Coast, three games in a row. So it's awesome, all great runs. So this is kind of like the uh, the Essendon run from a few weeks back. Yeah, the Lions have that now. So I do think that Lockie Neal, even though a lot of people would have traded him in the last couple of weeks, if you haven't, it is a good time to get back on now um, because if you don't, he might put some. Points on you. Um, let's go to a few other round 14 guys. Let's yep. talk about the Melbourne Demons players. Okay. Christian Petrarca and Clayton Oliver. I well, think Oliver's probably the bigger. He's the one that needs discussion, here. doesn't he? Yeah. So he's been in my plans. Now I'm. Has I, he? He has. I yes. haven't heard. Yeah. I told you. Try to keep this a little hush hush, but you outed me. Uh, but <laughs> I think that despite him coming off the injury, he's just going to be the guy that we're all going to have to have because he's obviously. He started the season amazing. Um, outside of Taranto, he's the highest averaging player. Oh, Tim Taranto and Tim English. Yeah. He's the third highest scoring player in the comp. And uh, Well, the, the question is... Can you jump on after? An injury. Yeah. Like, why not wait a week? Well, his break-even is 130, I think. 129, something 127, like that. yeah. So... 
He's nine he's, ninety. He's not cheap. Well, he's he's not cheap at all. He's I was going to million. Bucks. I was going to say he's not going to get away from you, but he's all, already away from you. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, like, like you said, is this the week to do it? And is that a good enough reason to do it this week if you can? So the the well, he's gonna, he's enticing top eight. thing is right. No one has him. Yeah. Nobody has him. He's zero percent owned. I think in the top one thousand. I'd probably say in the top ten thousand. Yeah. Uh, because he's obviously missed the last four rounds. Yeah. So no one's got him. So he's a massive unique, and you want a guy like Clayton Oliver to be, to be a unique, unique player for you because he's nine ninety, but he might stay at that elevated price for so, a little while. So let let me just look at it th- purely this way for you. Mm. You know you have to own him at some point during the season because. Yeah. We all assume he's going to be well, a top we, eight million. Yeah, we want to get the best players in. Yep. So, own him now. Why like, not now? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, with, yeah. you got three trades, own him now. The risk, obviously, we talked about with Jack Steele. Yeah. You're coming back off an injury. How does he look? You haven't had eyes on it. I think it's a little bit different because it's a soft tissue injury, a hamstring, which we've seen so many times in the AFL. It's like the most common injury. Players usually come back onto it, and they usually come back pretty good. There is... I think to get all you know EP on you, the the first game back from an injury is the highest risk. Yeah. But the other thing as well, he was ready to come back a week before his buy, then had the blister, <laughs> the infected blister, and went to hospital. So Those bl- blisters hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the blisters like you know it's one thing, and he was in hospital, which is obviously never a good sign. But in terms of the hamstring, which was the original injury, to give yourself another two weeks off after that as well. It's got to be good signs. He he hasn't had a history of hamstrings, has no, he? I don't think so. I think he's been very durable across his career so far, which, touch wood, it yeah. doesn't really mean too much um, once you've now had the hamstring injury. But And you think about you think about how valuable he is to that team. Yeah. The, the medical staff down there at um, the Demons wouldn't be taking any um, any risks with him, would they? So yeah. He also, the other uh, again, another flag, he comes up against Geelong in Geelong, which is a tough matchup for midfielders. But it is Clayton Oliver. Like he's he's a gun. What if you what if you plan your next two weeks to get him next week? So I know you only have two trades next yeah. week. What if would, would you're probably you, going to need to bank a bunch of cash to do that? Yeah. So would yeah. you say to somebody that is a valid play if you can get an upgrade but bank a little bit of cash, knowing that you're going to get Clayton Oliver next week? I would because look, his next two games, Geelong and GWS, are tough in terms yeah. of fantasy scoring. But then he goes up against the Saints. Brisbane, Adelaide, Richmond, North Melbourne. So a good run there. Um, And he also has Hawthorne in the second last round. So he's got a good run after these next two games. So I don't think it will kill you for missing him these next two weeks. It just might, if you can get him now, it might save you the headache of trying to get him in later when you've got two trades to do so. Yeah. I Um, I think from what you said... But there's a bit of risk-reward there. Yeah, especially a bit like you said, being unique. And if he comes out and just does yeah. his thing, he could be very good, unique. Yeah, my my thinking based on what you've said there is like you have to own him. So why not own him either this week or next week? Either do it this week, three trades, or set yourself up to do it next week. Yeah, I think if if I didn't have like if I didn't have a, a Rory Laird, a Brayshaw, potentially a Neil with his run, I'd probably go there first okay. because I see them. Well, except for Neil, so Brayshaw and um, led. led as locked in top eight guys yeah. and they're cheaper yeah. and they're not coming off an injury so you've, you've got a bit more confidence in their body I'd probably go there first yeah. um, I might have him above Merritt because Merritt's also very expensive and I have less confidence in him being like continue doing what he's doing like he's probably more of a like tags effective more yeah. um, Parrish is coming back into that midfield yeah. a few more unknowns 
So I'd probably rank him like fourth in terms of my targets, in terms of those big, expensive midfielders. Or sorry, okay. third in terms of those big, expensive mids. What about his Demons counterpart? What about Christian Petrarca? Well, he's a guy that hasn't got a lot of love, love this season. Um, yeah. And he's quietly, he's gone about it pretty well. 106 average. Um, so it's, top it's about, eight, it's top about eight what mid, we'd expect. I think he is in the top eight at the moment. Yeah. Um, and again, has that same run that Clayton Oliver has. So a couple of tough matchups, but then it opens up after that. Is he a guy that you know could be a good point of difference for you coming down the stretch of the season? Well, if a guy's going to be a top eight mid, it's like, and he's a point of difference. That's what you need. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Nine hundred k. So you know, he feels other guys. He's a bit cheaper for me. He feels like the guy that I might chase after I feel like I've ticked all the certain boxes. Yeah. So I've I've ticked all the like I've I've ticked off Clayton Oliver. And you're just um, dealing with that like bottom end of the yeah the, the blanket that we can throw over. And then it might be that guy that I go for Christian Petrarca. Like I wouldn't feel good about trading him in this week if I still had Brayshaw, Laird, um, those other big guys Oliver to, to on, get. on the table. Yeah. Um, but um, but the, he's a guy with a ceiling as well. He can beat up on on uh, you know teams well below him on the ladder. So uh, there's every chance that we all need him in the team by the end of the season. Yep, we'll keep making way through these round fourteen uh, mids. Zach Merritt is next on the list. He is probably someone that if you don't have him, I don't know if I'd be paying the nearly one million dollars to get him into my side. Nine hundred ninety-four thousand. He's averaging 112, but obviously on the back of a huge run of form with those easy matchups. Yeah. I just think that compared to some of the other guys in that price tag, he's, in my opinion, the most overpriced. For the reasons you mentioned before as well, I think you brought up the good uh, the good thing about the, the being a little susceptible to the tag. They change his role when he gets tagged. Yeah, Sometimes he, he goes forward. forward. In, the last game, yeah. in the last game, it was fortunate that he still scored when he went forward. But the fact that he is going to cost you more than Oliver at the moment is is pretty wild. So I think that yeah. you could probably see that one for a few weeks and you might actually get him cheaper a little bit later. He's the most expensive midfielder in the game. He's only cheaper than uh, Timmy Taranto. So, yeah. yeah, I think if you don't have him, I'd be trying to shop elsewhere and hope that he comes down in price. Yep. Uh, you can get him later. Um, and then the last one here, which I put a little question mark uh, next to his name, Tommy Mitchell, who obviously has put up a good <laughs> run to to go into his buy. He's still salty. I am still a little bit salty, but averaging 99 points for the season, priced a little bit more expensive than that, 875000 Is there anything different of his last few games, or is it the fact that he's versed North, then West Coast, and then played Melbourne without a Jordan Ngoi? I don't think there's anything different. May- I mean, maybe... Without Jordan Dugowie, maybe. But he was still getting high midfield minutes, I'm pretty sure. I think the CBAs did go up. But, um, again, that's going to be a short-term thing. How many more games does Dugowie have for? I think, Uh, was he a three-game suspension that he got or more? Yeah, three, I think, in the end. So I think he's got two more to serve there. So you're probably getting a short-term bump in his scoring. He's probably going to be maybe a 105, 110 guy of his next couple of games. But then I think he goes back down to... 9,500. Yeah, and even, um, you know, even if he does go on a a great sort of stretch here and we do find out that we need him, we're not going to be paying a great deal extra. He's already pretty highly priced. There's cheaper guys that you're probably going to average more. So uh, I just threw his name in there because some people might gravitate gravitate towards the the pig, but I probably wouldn't myself. Now, we go to the Fords now, and I reckon this next guy is a guy that I want to pick your brains about. Ben yeah. Keys, we talked about him a little bit before, but tell me more. Yeah, Ben Keys, he's he's a tough one for me to to get a gauge on. Now, the one thing I do really like about Ben Keys is um his break even is thirty six, yeah. so he, he's going to go up in price. 
The interesting thing, though, is that last time they played um, Collingwood, he did tag him. I think that was back in round seven, if I'm not mistaken. Round seven, he yep. scored 44 points tagging Dacos. Ooh, okay. And the previous so round disgusting. against Hawthorne, he scored 40, 35, which is less than his break even. <sighs> okay, so there's obvious risk associated with him um, and his role. I do think that he has gained a bit of confidence over these last couple of weeks going through the midfield. And the fact that he went in there when they played West Coast gives me a bit of confidence that he's not just in there only to tag. Yeah. But I think there could be potential pain this week against Collingwood, who are tough to score against anyway. The temptation the temptation for them to tag after, you know, it being was it reasonably effective? Um, um, let me. I'll go back and check for you. But well, they lost the game by one, one but point, obviously so, it was close. Which know, at the, that time for Collingwood is a Dacos had ninety nine. He had twenty seven touches. So it's like effective. doesn't feel super effective. Um, but I mean, he went at fifty six disposal disposal efficiencies, which, which is, is low for him. That is quite low for him. So and the fact that the fact that they were in the game probably gives them confidence, maybe to go back to that tag. Yeah, I think they will do it. Um, it's just whether or not he can score better than the 44 he did last time. So, do you think that? But then he plays North the week after. But then, is there a guarantee for him to go back just into that midfield role after he's tagged for a week, or do you think they go, okay, we're back to that now? Yeah, it's a tough <laughs> one. You can you can hide behind the break even if it's a play like I'm considering doing a a, a Z sorry a Sheasel down to him yeah. as part of like another upgrade. But there is obviously risk associated with it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's one that you can maybe hide behind the buys and, and use that risk-reward play that he potentially might drop off, um, you know, if, if you're lucky, yeah. if it goes to, to shit. Well, let's, so let's say he gives you a 40. Are you then looking to trade him the next week? Is he then your guy that you upgrade from Probably the next week? Probably is. If, if you've got a completed team, if you've got yeah. all premiums on the, on the park, which I don't know if many people will. I won't. Um, I'll still need to make one more upgrade, so I might be doing that and giving him yeah. one week against North. Yeah. But then if he then follows it up again, then you pivot. Mm. So I think he's got a two-week kind of opportunity in your fantasy squad if you trade him in this week. He's got one. an expiry date. You're yeah, he's got an expiry date to, to prove himself would be the way I'd treat it. He could be the keys to your big move this week. Oy, the big keys. We'll see. Um, and the other one, again, forward Ruck, Darcy Cameron, who I think a few people might have their eyes set on him. Mm. He is obviously underpriced, so I do actually really like him as a target for people who are a little bit um, cash-starved. And again, if you want to maybe fix up some of those uh, poor performing players and still get the upgrade, Darcy Cameron might be your guy. Yeah, He's been getting a lot of midfield run um, prior to his buy round as that main dude in the, uh, in the ruck for the, uh, for the Collingwood Magpies. So I think he's probably potentially... What's his price at? He's still in the 600s, isn't he? 691. 691. So he's potentially 10 to 15 points underpriced. I think he can at least be a 90-92 guy. I didn't realize he was still similarly priced to Keys. Yeah. The only difference is that his break-even is nowhere near as low, but it is still at 63. So... I think I, I think I'm actually probably if you don't have either, I'm he's now, the safer play. I actually think so. Yeah. yeah, I think that might be where I go potentially. Yeah, I think that that will be the more popular move. Keys probably presents more of a risk. The break even makes the potential cash is going to make more appealing from that point of view. But yeah. I think Darcy Cameron has Cameron's the more role. secure role. Yeah. Um, plus, he is good cover for your ruck line if there ever was a late out or something like that, which is not as important with the rolling lockout, but. 
still nice to have, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And he comes up against Riley O'Brien, who I think is leaking decent points to Ruckman's as well. So, mm. yeah, I like I like me some Darcy Cameron as a good trade target. Okay, is it time to answer some questions, or have yeah, we got anything else to do? No, well, let's have a look at some questions. I think um, last I looked at, there was a lot of the same topics that we discussed, but um, let's have a look here. So, did you see while you're finding it? Did yep. you happen to see the um, Hitler video on Twitter? Did you? No. Oh, I think I got tagged in something like the with the dubs, like the yeah, yeah, dubbed over. Yeah. I was scrubbing through it and. There's a bit in there that says something something about me and like, how can you trust that guy? He has sideburns or something. You? As in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And I thought... Yeah, have sideburns, do you? Well, that's what I mean. Like, there's a Plus lot of... you wearing headphones. Like, well, that, that's what I mean. Like, there's a lot of things wrong with me, but I didn't think I had, <laughs> I didn't think I had sideburns. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's creative, at least. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. to suss that one out, but <laughs> I mean, any publicity is good publicity, right? <laughs> This was Hitler, uh, was like, you know, saying that you've got sideburns. Oh, so yeah, something like that. I don't know. I'll Mate, find. Well, it. if Hitler says it, it must be true. I'll find it for you after the thing. Uh, we didn't touch on this guy, but Noah Anderson. What are your thoughts on Noah Anderson as a target? He, w- I was pretty keen on him last week. He, he for me falls into a similar category to Christian Petrarca. Like mm. I said before, he's like Good he's point. not for me in the priority of Brayshaw, Laird, um, you know, Oliver. Eventually, these kind of guys. Um, he he sits in that tier just below where I feel like once I'm getting closer, he might be that last guy that I trade in to make the completed team. He or Petrarca or one of those guys that you think could be the the seventh or eighth best midfielder. He's now cheaper than Lockie Neal. Um, so I would, I'd probably still go Neal just because of the run they've got coming up. But yeah. Anderson would probably be the next guy that I get. I'd probably go Anderson over Petrarca again, just because of matchups. He's got Hawthorne this week, so if you already have a Neal yeah. and you can't afford some of the big dogs, I do like Noah Anderson as probably one of the, the you know those mid eight hundreds guys. Um, I probably would take him over Crouch. He goes Hawks, then he goes Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Yeah, and followed by the Saints, but yeah, I think so he a just tough ones after this. He one. fits into that category. Your, your priorities are probably elsewhere for most people this yeah. week, but he could be a, a good, nice guy to round out your team. He's a player that I really like, but I, yeah, I kind of I do think I agree with you that okay. he's not you know priority number one to get into your side. Yeah. Any other questions? We sort of addressed a lot of the. We've addressed a lot of them. Who's the best defender off their buy this week? So probably between Dawson and Dacos. Yeah. Assuming you don't have any, who's who's your pick there? Uh, Dawson, like I said before, I reckon. Um, but yeah, if you have both of them, then you could still look at Sinclair, uh, I think we mentioned. Um, but yeah, Dawson over Dacos. Uh, yeah, just I think he's going to average more for the rest of the season. And um, I don't... I don't know. I was going to say tag risk, but I think Dawson plays in that inside role where the tag risk, he might be less susceptible to it. You know, Dacos might get shut down off halfback, yep. but really splitting hairs, but I'll go Dawson. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one more question because we've answered a lot of these during okay. the podcast. Okay. Um, so final verdict, if you have 20 or 21 playing this week, do oh. you sacrifice a number and trade Steel or should this person trade Sheasel instead? This is coming from Luke, by the way. So, do you, so you have 20 or 21? Yeah, and so you should you... have 20 to 21. So, I think... sacrifice a number. Um, 
So I'm assuming Luke here, the Luke that asked the question, um, that if you trade steel, you might have 19 or 20 yeah. is the way I'm reading this. If you hold it. Um, if you have 20, I say yes. If you have 19, <laughs> I say no, because I do think... Uh, it just feels good to have, <laughs> and, but it is also depending on your team. Like, it, look at your team and look at the, the of those twenty players. Like, how many of those are like are legit? they shit? Yeah, are they <laughs> shit players? Like, are you are you relying on you know Kai Loman or yeah, yeah. Um, one of those like poor rookies to be on your field and counting, or do you have you know some decent premiums there to to get you to a decent score even if you only have eighteen or nineteen? Yeah, I think I'm still le- yeah I'm still leaning towards trading Chisel in that. Scenario probably yeah. either way to be honest. I think you're sticking fat with with Jack Steele at least at least for another week. I guess it's yeah. Complete your team, get the premiums Com- on, and then I and feel, then fix them up later. I kind of feel that way, but I mean he is bleeding, isn't he? So yeah. bleeding cash. I think not- it's definitely one to monitor over the week. Uh, we'll keep an eye out and ear out for the news on Twitter. Yeah, and if you have any news of yourself, if you know. Team Awesome Source, shout out to, to Roy. If we can get some definitive word on what the hell is going on with um, Jack Steele. Does he have an injury? Is it Achilles? Is he just out of form? What's going on? Um, Maybe that, the, that shaved head that we were on about at the preseason wasn't wasn't good for him. Yeah, grow the hair back, mate. <laughs> Bring back those luscious locks. But uh, that might do it for us today, guys. Um, make sure you guys, if you are watching on YouTube, give us a big thumbs up and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you do have a spare 60 seconds, go over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. And we'll see you guys next time on Friday for the live show to go through another exciting uh, podcast. And the big boys coming back. Let's go. See you later. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.